Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Jeff Rosenblum is an agency founder, documentary filmmaker, dime store psychologist, and an admitted pain in the ass. Jeff, you're in the right place. He is widely regarded as one of the leading innovators in the field of digital marketing and has worked on teams that have helped revolutionize market research, publishing, sports, broadcasting, and interactive advertising. He is the co-writer and director of a groundbreaking documentary about the future of the advertising industry, The Naked Brand, which I watched last night. Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome piece of work. It revealed the surprising story about the industry's ability to create breakthrough brands by empowering customers. He is the founding partner of Questus, a digital marketing agency that has worked with some of the world's most influential brands, including American Express, Bloomberg, Capital One, Discovery Channel, Disney, Driscoll's, General Mills, Ford, ESPN, Suzuki Motorcycles, the NFL, Universal Orlando, Verizon, and many, many more. In his free time, Jeff is addicted to learning new skills, including telemark skiing. I can't, I'm, I'm flashing on Kirk Douglas with the rifle over his shoulder, I, you know, I saving us from the Nazis like and stuff yes. like that. There is a resemblance. Fly fishing, good man, there's a poetry to fly fishing. Kite surfing, screenwriting, and funk guitar. His guitar instructor summarizes these efforts succinctly, describing his playing as mediocre at best. And he's truthful. Uh, when he's not driving his team and his clients crazy, Jeff is on an advisory board for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, as well as an advisory board for Special Spectators. What is Special Spectators? It is a charitable organization that's similar to Make-A-Wish. They actually bring kids facing life-threatening illnesses to sporting events. He and his family built a school in a remote village in Nepal while working with the Build-On organization. He lives in New York City with his wife and two kids who are much cooler and better looking than he is. I didn't write that. I'm pretty sure he wrote that. We're here to talk about a book he co-authored with Jordan Berg, who is also, I guess, your your partner in, in Questus? Correct, and best oh. friend. Okay. The name of the book is called Friction, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. And after that rather lengthy introduction and observation, stuff like that, Jeff, welcome to AMA Edgewise. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Our core audience of this program, I like to think of as being people who are new to management, people who are new to leadership. They've been great individual contributors, but now they've been given a team. They've been given a purpose. They've been given a budget. They've been given a whole set of responsibilities, and it's a whole new world for them, and they have to learn new ways of thinking about things. And one of the things they need to spend time on is, I'm going to call it friction. You call friction in the book here, but I've had various experience with this type of like business life thinking or creative friction or whatever. But you kind of go one step further. It's not just friction for you. There, there are micro frictions and there are macro frictions. Can you give us kind of your definition of, you know, I didn't know there were two. Can you talk to us about what those two types of frictions might be within the context of brands, marketing, and maybe even business in general? Yeah, absolutely. Let me start with the definition of friction, the way we see it, then we'll get deeper into macro and micro. Friction is anything that gets in the way of what you want to accomplish in life, right? It's anything that gets in the way of your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, or even your mundane day-to-day goals, right? It's the big things that prevent us from being who we want to be. And it's the little things that prevent us from doing what we want to do. 
So when brands fight friction, when they solve people's problems, they don't just create customers. They create an army of evangelists. And these evangelists carry the message forward better than any mechanism that corporations have had for the last century. And these evangelists ultimately help create passion brands. And passion brands absolutely dominate the competition. Now, the question of macro and micro. Friction is like economics, can be broken down into those two categories. Macro friction sits at the industry level. It's anything that holds people back in the totality of a category. Micro friction is at the relationship level. It's anything that holds people back in the way that they interact with brands. And the companies, it's a very small subset that remove both macro and micro friction. Those are the ones that go on to become passion brands. Now, in this era of big data, in this era of it's all about the algorithm that we're apparently currently living in, why are and how can metrics or metric dashboards or whatever, why and how can they be misleading? Uh, It's a great question. Data is incredible. Technology is incredible. Algorithms are incredible. There's been an unbelievable amount of data that's been captured in the past couple of years. There's like a data orgy going on, right? But most people aren't leveraging it correctly. They're trying to figure out how we can make slight improvements and very frequently to marketing and advertising, right? How can we get the right ad in front of the right person at the right time? And that's cool and that's powerful and I'm a big believer in it. What we think is we can use that data to do something more powerful, which is create content and experiences that improve people's lives one small step at a time. And when brands do that, from an evolution standpoint, this is what people want. They want their lives to be improved. It's what drives forward the human experience. It's what drives forward capitalism. So that data and those algorithms should be used to optimize an experience that improve people's lives. Once you have that, the data and algorithms can then be used to optimize advertising to drive people into those experiences. But without having this bigger picture of removing friction, you're not fully leveraging all that data that's available. Can you give us a short list of companies, brands that are really truly getting this type of thing right? And and, uh, other than, you know... Please check out the, the film, The Naked Brand, which I thought did an, a wonderful job of that. But for people who are curious, you know, can you give us some examples of companies that are doing it right? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with the term shortlist because it is a shortlist. There's an infinite number of brands out there. I don't think anyone could ever count it. But there's only a small handful of passion brands. Patagonia is one that I absolutely love. Yeti Coolers is one that, as a couple guys who fly fish, we might absolutely love. People often look at those and say, okay, well, those are in the outdoor category, and it's easy to be passionate about them. But USAA is in financial services, and people are passionate about USAA because they're incredible customer service. Sweet Greens is one that I love. Let's talk about that for a second because you asked about macro and micro. Mm -hmm. What's the macro friction that lives in the fast food category? Well, food should ultimately nourish us. Mm -hmm. But very often, it's really unhealthy, and it damages us. So Sweetgreen has removed that macro friction by creating absolutely delicious meals that are organic and extremely healthy. Mm -hmm. That's not super unique. There's a bunch of salad companies out there. But the thing that's really powerful that creates a passion brand for them is they also remove the micro friction. It's everything that lives in the relationship. So you get up to the front, and most people would love to sell you a 2 or $3 bottle of water. You can't buy a bottle of water there. They will give you a recyclable cup, 
and you can go get your own filtered water. You can read all the ingredients. You can find the farms where it comes from. You can actually watch the people cook behind a glass window. The one that I love the most is if you've ever seen sweet greens, there's literally a line around the block. I was driving in downtown Manhattan. Totally true story. And I look over, and there's this huge line around the block. And I'm kind of a meathead. I looked at it. I'm like, holy shit, there's a rock concert going on. Sure. Like, what is this? Should yeah. I jump online? And then right. I look closer. I'm like, salad? These people are online for salad? I get their salad all the time. But I just go up on their mobile app. Sure. And when I open it up, it uses GPS technology to know exactly where I am and where's the nearest store. It takes me one click to find the menu, two clicks to customize, one click to pick the exact time. Then I go across the street. I don't show a receipt. I don't give them my name. I don't show the app. It's just waiting there in a bag with my name right on it. There's literally no friction in the entire relationship. Mm-hmm. It's amazing stuff. You touched on this just now in the answer you just gave here, but customer experience is for many people an amorphous thing. What's your definition of what customer experience is and where where does it fit into this passion brand continuum? Well, first of all, it's everything. Customer experience is absolutely everything. What is it? It's anything that starts way at the top of that sales funnel when you're just becoming aware of a brand all the way through to doing your research and and becoming interested all the way through to converting. Mm -hmm. Now, that's sort of classic sales funnel. The two big changes are now it's about how you treat your customers and support them after purchase to become true evangelists. How do you turn customers into evangelists? The other big thing is we can tackle the middle of the funnel, which is interest, right? It used to be, hey, TV will get people to be aware. Coupons and discounts are at the bottom of the funnel. But now, thanks to digital technology, you can tell a whole brand story to say, what makes us different? What makes us better? What shows that we really care? How do we improve people's lives? And ultimately, that shifts those prospects into customers, as well as shift those customers into evangelists. So the answer is, it's every single way that you touch a customer. And now there's dozens and dozens of different places. Mm-hmm. The digital side of the customer experience. We did an interview with a person who is ex-Facebook who wrote a book on some insights on the inside. He was on the senior marketing team there and whatnot. But we talked to him in, in detail about the game totally changed for them when they, in essence, went 100% mobile, when it became, you know, and I've seen videos of, of like Gary Vaynerchuk yelling at me on the stupid camera about, you know, he's holding up his phone and he's shaking it at the camera going, unless you're this, you're nothing. And I'm pointing at my phone. He's like, are you this? If you're not this, I'm not talking to you. You know, where does mobile, I don't call, where does mobile fit? I think we understand where mobile fits. How important is getting mobile right? Well, I think that example is 100% right and 100% wrong when, when you're raving about mobile. Mobile is absolutely critical. You have to be great at mobile. That's obvious. The thing is, you also have to be great at everything else. Sure. If you look at web consumption, content consumption, so much of it is mobile in nature. So everyone's like, you got to be mobile first. You got to go all into mobile. But if you dig a little bit deeper, the interactions that people have on a desktop tend to be much more valuable. That's where people immerse themselves for longer periods of time. That's where people make transactions. Now that data is going down and mobile is going up, right? There are these trends. The issue is every couple of years, somebody's always like, this is it. This is the future. This is the way it has to be done. Pound the table, mobile, social, Snapchat, whatever the heck it is. We're living in an and world, and that's the really tough thing. It's not 
desktop or mobile. It's not traditional media or social media. It's and. Sure. Brands have to be in all of these places. And that's why friction is important because it gives a purpose. You're not just there for the sake of being there. You're not just regurgitating content in all these different channels. You're not just trying to get your name out there and entertain. You have to take people across this journey with all these touch points <laughs> and remove friction. Because when you remove friction, you're not just being effective, but you're also being efficient. Sure. I'm going to share a little story with you here. On one hand, it's a little bit embarrassing, but on the other hand, I think it's interesting because it addresses, I think, one of the neat points you make in the back third of of the film, and that's this issue of getting the little things right. You know what I mean? Of of your people having those personal relationships. I wear, are we hearing aids? Okay, yes, I'm at that point, and we're hearing aids. And these are tremendously way too expensive hearing aids, and the left one just stopped working. And with this wonderful support plan that I have, I can pull up a website and it tells me there are two places within walking distance and I can get an 11 o'clock appointment to walk over there, get somebody on the phone and they're like, well, the woman at the front desk can swap out the cable and this, that, and the other thing, just go. And boom, I go and I show up and there are two or three other things happening, but the woman is all like, I got the call. I'm ready to go. Give me the thing. And we're just talking, you know, and she's swapping this out and she's like, of course, I'm not going to charge you for the cable. It's all part of the warranty thing. And I was like, okay, great. And I go, and you have some more of those, you know, caps and tips and stuff like that. And she's, yeah, this is this. And how many of those do you want? Okay, five. And it was just, she was prepared. I had done the research. The person on the phone was good. She really loved what she was doing. And she was really into that kind of, boy, you know, it sucks only having one hearing aid. You know what I mean? And I go, yeah. You know, and I'm like, she gave, I got this big smile on my face. And she's like, it's like when your glasses are broken, right? And I go, yeah, exactly right. But you make the point in the film that un- unless your people on the front lines are getting it right and doing those one-on-one human or interactions correctly, you could be in just as much trouble. I mean, getting the big brand message and the wonderful I'm making bamboo bicycle kind of thing, you know. But unless your people are having these meaningful one-on-one I'm helping somebody out or I'm solving somebody's problems conversations, then you could be hurting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask a question. Sure. What's the name of the company that does the hearing aids? Oh, it's Widex. Widex. Yeah. See, now all of your listeners know the name that brand. (laughs) They they know the brand. They know the experience. They love them. They trust them because they they trust you. They're listening to your show. Now you're an evangelist. You're an influencer. Now I'm a fan. Yeah, absolutely. definition, right? So that company can go and do a bunch of crap on Snapchat. They can do a bunch of things on Facebook. They can do a bunch of things that tell the world they're great. They can make an infinite number of banner ads. Sure. Right? And... You've got a better mathematical chance. This is fact. You get a better mathematical chance of surviving a plane crash than clicking on a banner ad, right? So they can invest <laughs> in all of that stuff. Sure. Or they can invest in culture sure. and training that turned that woman into a great customer service representative, gave you a great experience, sure. and ultimately turned you into an evangelist. Sure. Not to say that Facebook and mobile and banner ads don't work. We're just asking those things to do too much. Sure. It's really about removing friction giving people great experiences. Somewhere in that organization, they've removed their internal friction. They gave the woman the tools she needed to succeed. They obviously hired the right person because she cared about the category. She solved all your problems, and she did it with a smile. Yeah, that was amazing. And final, just to to wrap up here, how has your experience as a documentary filmmaker affected the work you did on, on this book? Yeah, you know, 
it's funny that you call me a documentary filmmaker. I, I, I Why not? One. <laughs> well, okay, share a secret with you. This is kind of a self-serving question. I, I have I have a degree in film and video production, so it's a bit of a nerdy question, kind yeah. of, you know. Yeah, no, I love it, and I like to put it in the bio, and it satisfies my ego to say that. I don't... I. I was just some dude that created a cool piece of content, and the guys that I work with the, were the true filmmakers, right? I was the guy that drank a lot of coffee and grabbed the microphone and all that stuff. They're, they're the true geniuses. The way it affected the book was we set the platform a few years ago. They said, look, there's an advertising revolution taking place, right? And brands are going to be judged based upon their behavior, not their messaging. Mm-hmm. And our goal with the film was not to say, here's how you do it, step one, step two, step three. Our goal was to say, we just want you to lose some sleep. If we can get you to wake up in the middle of the night and say, holy smokes, I didn't think about that, yeah. that's a win. And, and frankly, the reaction was really strong. Yeah. Now, a few years later, the world has changed. We've matured. Can we give actionable guidance? My business partner and co-author was like, let's make part two. Sure. I'm like, dude, except for The Godfather, like every follow-up film sucks. I don't know. you got some good sequel material here, though. The, but, the United story continues, yes, right? Yes, yes. I mean, you know... We thought about doing a series of videos because the United I can't make a documentary on United <laughs> because the whole world knows it and the documentary takes a while. So that's why we wanted to go to a book. Sure. We wanted to come up with a different format. Of course. It kept us engaged, kept the readers engaged. We like to think, as you can see in the book, it's got a, a different format. It's not your typical 100,000 words, one long story. It's a series of shorter stories. It's sure. almost built for the ADD generation. Sure. Like some stories are 300 words. Some are like 8,000 words. No, it's, it's, chunked, yeah. it's chunked incredibly well. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book by the way i i mean you know i'm i'm a huge fan of edward tufty kind of he publishes his own books information design stuff like that we mentioned in the book and but to, to that point it's like every bit of color every bit of typography every photograph you've used every bit of white space that you've you've savored here is there for a purpose and the the book is uh, in, in in of its own it's this, it's this wonderful little unit kind of portable work of art which is pretty neat i have to say great execution on, on the, even the book itself which is remarkable well thank you i appreciate that jordan had a big part in that our executive creative director jeff wagner had a big part in that guy named Kevin Bernard. He led the whole thing day to day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have absolutely no, no God-given design. All right. Well, thanks to them. It's a a great execution. Yes. That's for you, Kevin and Jeff. (laughs) And next time, show up for the podcast interview. Anyway, um, I want to thank Jeff Rosenblum, co-author along with Jordan Berg of the book Friction, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. This is cool stuff. We could talk about it all day, but we can't. Jeff, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. That was fun. For women who are in the midst of advancing their management careers, AMA has a great resource. The Women's Leadership Center offers insightful articles, how-to webcasts, and helpful advice for guiding your leadership journey. Join for free when you visit us at amanet.org forward slash WLC. We take feedback very seriously here at the AMA. If you get a minute, you have some thoughts about this program or additional questions, just send an email to us at podcasts at amanet.org. <laughs>